whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks, burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. Please bow for a word of prayer. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, people haven't changed. They're still trying to make a name for themselves. Guide us to lift your name up, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of the most controversial shows on TV in the 1970s was All in the Family. Archie Bunker was best known for his politically incorrect commentary on subjects ranging from politics to race. The theme song for the show is a nostalgic longing for days gone by. Listen to the lyrics. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. So We had it made. Those were the days. And you knew where you were Girls were girls and men were men. Mister, we could use a man like Raymond Hoover again. Didn't need no welfare state. Everybody pulled his weight. She our old lost That show was in many ways celebrating and mourning the passing of an era. After World War II GIs had come back, uh, they began to have families. It was a time of hard work and community effort. Churches were filled with families. Uh, men who had seen death up close recognized the importance of faith and community. But as we move toward the latter half of the 20th century, a dramatic shift was taking place where government oversight regarding the social welfare of the U.S. citizens began to increase as the result of policies introduced by FDR's New Deal and Lyndon B. Johnson's Great Society. In our text here today, Babel is going through a similar transition. Much of the population up to this point uh, had lived in tents, 
scraping their subsistence from the land. But now the Earth's population, estimated to be about one million at the time, was again getting too big for its britches, similar to the time before Noah. In this message here today, we're going to be looking at Babel's three main errors, God's response to those errors, and lessons that we can learn from them today. And so the first of these errors was, let us ascend to the heavens. In building this great tower here, the leaders had declared that they were going to make it so high that it would reach the heavens. Some Jewish sages believed that they wanted to declare war on God and somehow invade heaven. Others felt that maybe they were afraid of the flood and that another flood would perhaps come, and so they were going to build a great pillar and hold up the sky. Or perhaps they were going to build something so high that the flood could not reach them. But I think the main problem was that they had elevated the project of building over the actual builders. Ancient Hebrew tradition declares that if one brick fell from the building during the process, there would be a great lament at how long it would take to bring it from the ground back up again. But if a person fell, no one took notice because the people were expendable. I get the sense that this building of the tower was not something voluntary. In all likelihood, those in leadership decided that it should be done, and the people had to give their resources and time to accomplish this great feat, similar to the Great Wall of China. The sin that was revealed in the hearts of the leaders was pride. And Satan had succumbed to this same sin. Listen to a passage in Isaiah 14, 12 through 13 that is usually attributed to Luther, uh, uh, Lucifer. How you have fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. And so the building of this tower here, unlike the building of the ark, was not ordained by God. It was not commanded by him. Rather, it was a completely humanistic work. Now we see God's response. I find it interesting that God's first response here is observation. In his foreknowledge, he sees that if people band together in unity, great danger awaits them. Look at verse 6. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. And so God sees here that a fallen and unified mankind will result in bad times. It will result in things that meet with God's disapproval. Because unbridled evil, which is united for evil purposes, is terrifying to behold. Think for a moment what may have become of the world if the Allied forces had not band together to withstand the onslaught of socialist Nazi Germany or Imperial Japan. And so what's our lesson today? At the heart of socialism is the sin of humanistic thought. Humanism elevates critical thinking over biblical doctrine or faith. 
During the Renaissance period in Europe, people began to talk about coming out of the dark ages and into a higher plane of enlightenment. Seemingly, the theme of the day was, we can conquer any problem through reason and education. This type of thinking, which became prominent in Europe, was brought back by the Crusaders from Greece. They found original documents there and brought them back. And as the rulers of the day and the educators began to read these Greek documents, they began to see that they wanted to elevate themselves to an enlightened place. And the common thought is that the answer to the problem is more education. If someone is still struggling with life with just a bachelor's degree, well, send them off for their master's. And if that doesn't work, then get your doctorate. And by the way, I don't see anything wrong with advanced degrees if the Lord is leading you in that direction, as long as we understand the warning that comes from Ecclesiastes 1.18. For in much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Near Geneva, Switzerland, there is a great scientific experiment that has been going on for about 10 years. It's called the Large Hadron Collider. And over 10,000 different researchers from 100 different countries have contributed to this project. The original cost of building it was $4.75 billion, and it costs $5.5 billion annually to run it. And it's supposed to take the proton from hydrogen atoms and collide them at nearly the speed of light. And by doing this, they hope to answer some of the basic questions of physics. Like, how did the earth come into existence? Obviously, faith in the Genesis account has been laughed off the table. And so regarding their intellectual progress, you can almost hear the unspoken motive. We will ascend to the heights of the heavens. The next sin we see here that Babel has is that they say, let us make a name for ourselves. They want to make a name for themselves by building this tower. I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin called Boyd, and nobody ever really visited Boyd on purpose. If you happen to stop there, it's because you were driving along Highway 29 and you realized that you probably couldn't make it to the next town uh, for gas, and so you stopped by Boyd. Just eight miles east of us, or west of us was another little blip on the map called Kadat. And it was quintessentially called Kadat, the land God forgot. <laughs> that was until 1988 when some event planners discovered a natural 380-acre amphitheater on a local farm. And then Country Fest was born, and the next year that put Kadat on the map. And so uh, this is a place where all these country singers and country fans descend on Kadat once a year now. And they have made a name for themselves. And people all over the country know now where Kadat, Wisconsin is. In essence, this is, this is what the city of Babel was trying to do. They wanted to become known. They wanted to be a desirable place to live. But the attraction was not great because God's blessing was there and his presence, as was in the case of Jerusalem some years later. No, it was because of a big brick building. Just as Paris is known for the Eiffel Tower, or St. Louis is known for the Archway Gate, Babel made a name for themselves based on man's creative ingenuity. But look here at God's response. 
God knows the hearts of mankind, and he will not allow his glory to be taken by another. When our key purpose is to elevate man, God has an uncanny way of putting us in our place. Ultimately, he will come again again to rule and reign on this earth. But in the meantime, as people of God, we must work to accomplish the things that will bring glory to God. I love how John Piper describes the process of God being glorified in us. He says that we do not increase God's glory because that can never be taken from him. But as creatures that are made in his image, we reflect that glory to either a greater or lesser degree. The more of us people see, the less they see of God. But as we point their attention to God in the way that we live, he is magnified in us and others. If I point a telescope at the moon, it doesn't change the glory of the moon. It just enhances it for me. And the human race at this point in history is doing a terrible job of glorifying God because of our humanistic leanings. At this point, God could have rained down on Babel fire and brimstone, but instead he does something very merciful. He decides to confuse their languages. Right in the middle of construction, Bob asked Jim for the hammer, but instead it sounds like Dama un martillo. Confused, Jim turns to Joe and says, what's wrong with Bob? And Joe responds, vad ar du det surger? I'm sorry, I'm butchering Swedish there, right? Well, at the end, everybody gets mad and walks off the job because they can't understand one another. And I also imagine that in the midst of all of this, it began to dawn on the leaders that there were some supernatural events taking place. God's purpose had been accomplished. The unity that man had achieved to accomplish an evil goal had been averted. In our lesson today, we see a similar drive toward unity that is happening now. If you take out a dollar bill and you look at the back, right under the pyramid with the all-seeing eye, you will notice a Latin phrase, novus ordo seclorum. This translates into new order of the ages. In recent history, there has been much talk about a new world order. Those who back this agenda are trying to unite the world under one authority. And this would be the ultimate big government because the new world order would obliterate the idea of sovereign nation states. Some say this is just a conspiracy theory, but unfortunately, it is a very biblical reality. The book of Revelation tells us clearly that there will be an antichrist that will rise to power to rule over the earth. He will rule over the entire earth to the point of causing people to bow down and worship him. And as America stands behind this thrust, we are ultimately trying to undo what was done at Babel. We are trying to unite for the humanistic cause of making a name for ourselves. We are uniting in an evil goal that God never intended. We are trying to steal God's glory by proclaiming that a unified world can solve any problem. And as Christians, we must resist the strong current that would carry us down this worldwide socialist path. 
It is in God that we trust to save us and to keep our homes and communities safe, not some political entity. Upon the founding of this country, the government was, in the words of John Locke, supposed to protect the citizens' right to life, liberty, and property. It is solely for the protection of the individual, not the elevation of the nation. And finally, we see here the sin that Babel has where they says they say, let us not be scattered. They don't want to be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. They know there is strength in numbers. They reason if they can build a, a city that's large enough and have a name for themselves, they will be protected from harm. At the heart of this decision is fear. But look here at God's response. The problem here is that Adam and Eve, uh, Adam told Eve and Noah here to be fruitful and multiply. They were supposed to fill the earth and subdue it. And so here in Babel, they are going directly against the mandate of God for mankind. Instead of scattering and multiplying, they are trying to draw together to unify. But in his merciful judgment, he scatters them himself. Some commentators say that the language confusion is what scattered them. They got mad and just left and departed. But I kind of, I like sci-fi, so I like to think that he sort of beamed them, you know, like Star Trek, out of the area and stuck them somewhere. Kind of like Philip, how he got translated after the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts. What's our lesson from this? Socialism says that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. In other words, we cannot figure out individually how to work and provide for ourselves. So mother government must step in and do it for us. That is why our current government is pushing to take over things like healthcare, education, and virtually any other area where your freedom can get in the way of them running things. But this kind of oversight, as much as it may bring a sense of peace and comfort, completely undermines the kind of community and family life that is set forth in the Bible. It results in decisions like, why should I personally take care of my aging parents when the government will do it for me? It also penalizes those who may want to take a more holistic or faith-based approach to their health care by fining them through taxes. In conclusion this morning, government is something that's instituted by God, and we must obey the authorities up to the point where we cannot do so in good conscience. But we live in an amazing country where the people have a hand in deciding what makes for an effective life. A hand in deciding what direction we are going to go. And so when you consider the candidates running for office the next time you go to the polls, ask yourself this question. Are they promoting trust in God for the welfare of our country, or are they trying to build a socialistic Tower of Babel in order to ascend to the heights, make a name for our country, and keep us all from fear? If we continue down this path that we are on as a country, I predict in the decades ahead, we will look back to the present day and be singing along with Archie and Edith Bunker, those were the days. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for our government. 
We thank you that we were born in a land that has freedom, but we also see the direction that we are heading. And Lord, we see that the world will be taken over by the Antichrist, that a new world order will be established. And so, Father, as we see these changes, give us wisdom in how to deal with them. Help us not to get sucked up into the vacuum of it, but to stand against these things. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.